Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the first episode of Sentai Exposed. So, um, if you're wondering why I came up with this concept of doing a podcast, um, it's kind of like, I don't know if it's trendy right now, but um, there's a few people that I've been listening to their podcasts, and one of them being um, my friend Chris, and um, he's under Shut Up DeMarco, and then Ty Turner does podcasts, and and just recently Casey Neistat uh, started a podcast with his wife, and that's what really, really got me thinking that um, possibly Sandy and I can do something like this. Now Casey's is called um, Candace and Casey's Couples Therapy. And that even got me thinking, wow, Sandy's a psychologist, so not that we're going to be doing psychologist-type stuff, but, you know, she has a lot of good insight, and the problem with Sandy is, Sandy's, Sandy's sitting around, say hi, Sandy. Hello. <laughs> Sandy's here, and she, if you wonder why she's not in a lot of my YouTube videos, is because she, she's kind of like Candace, you know, she really doesn't like to be videotaped, but... I think that she has a lot to say and she could give some good insight on a lot of things. So we decided to put together this uh, podcast. And of course, Santai is Sandy and Ty together and exposed. Do you want to expose? <laughs> Do you want to expose why, what exposed means? Well, I think it has multiple meanings. Um, so... We're exposing ourselves a bit by talking about various things, and also it's it's exposure therapy for me since I tend to be um, a little shy in front of the camera um, as well as the the uh, audio recording. <laughs> oh, are you shy in front of the audio recording? I would say a bit. Really? Okay, that's okay. Um, I've been doing this for a lot longer than you, so. And still, you know, it's still a little weird. I mean, <laughs> because, like, I can't, like, put in cute little, like, animations and, like, um, extra little videos and edit the way I can on, like... Jazz it up. You can't jazz it up like I do on YouTube. But, um, so what we thought we'd do is, is have a podcast every Sunday evening and talk about different topics each week and if we go off topic we go off topic I mean we're just gonna kind of have to see how it flows um, if you guys have any topics you want us to talk about then you can leave a voice message I believe on this uh, podcast um, and you can also if you're friends with me on Facebook you, you can uh, I am me there Message me there. You can message me on um, Instagram and stuff like that. But yeah, so so I think that for this first episode, and it's this trial episode, and we're just going to see how it flows and how it goes, uh, we'll just start off by talking about... We're gonna, I'm going to call this from the beginning. What do you think about that, Sandy? That sounds good. So the beginning of us. So the beginning of us, we met... And I um, had not come out as transgender, 
and this was around 2008 or so and we met and um, I was a lesbian and Sandy was not considered a lesbian or <laughs> you didn't identify as a lesbian um, you want you want to talk about that a little bit well I, I was married to a man um, but I always knew that I wanted to be with a woman so you were married to a man and at that time you were married to him for about 20 years actually mm-hmm. and how many kids three so yeah so Sandy and we stayed friends for two years yeah absolutely you, you no know, Sandy and I met and we were friends we just developed this this friendship over a two-year period while she was still married to you know her former husband and it was just strictly platonic strictly just a friendship just a lot of chit-chatting um I worked in the building across from where Sandy worked and we, we would meet up from time to time and just chit-chat and you never even told me you were a lesbian for over a year right because so. <laughs> I didn't think that um you would you know maybe I, I kind of thought that maybe you'd be turned off to the fact so we just kind of like we're like you know lunch buddies or you know chit chat buddies and but you know all the while I was like oh gaga <laughs> over Sandy <laughs> I don't know but were you kind of looking at me in a weird way or after a while uh, not initially but after a while yeah yeah so I started to question my Mm-hmm. So, right, and then you probably questioned yourself from thinking that you always knew you were a lesbian because you did have these kinds of feelings in college, right? I, I oh, believe. high school too. High school, yeah. Even. yeah mm-hmm. So, but um, Sandy came from a really, really religious background, right? Small town, small town, Vermont, and she was even a a Sunday school teacher. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Because how religious are you right now? Um, not so much. <laughs> not so much, yeah. Um, at all, if that, yeah. It's uh, Once I fe- realized my feelings for you, I had a difficult decision to make. Yeah. And that was what? To leave my marriage. Right. So that was really hard, and um, but she ultimately made that decision. Decision, obviously, and the decision to come out. And the, yeah, and she had to come out to her family and she, her coworkers friends. and friends, and uh, and uh, that was a hard period, as we all know. When you have to come out to people, that's not easy. But I was well worth it. I guess <laughs> for her to do all that, and um, but uh, we were um, living in the Midwest at the, at the time, and we decided. Well, I had always wanted to live in the Northeast, so and um, I grew up in the Northeast. And yeah, like I said, like her parents lived in Vermont. She was from Vermont, um, so uh, we decided, why don't we just. You know, after the divorce, we decided to get, you know, pack up and just move out to out east. 
So we moved to the New England area and um, found a nice home. And it turned out that uh, she, like I said, she, like she said, she, you have three children, mm-hmm. and most of us, most of you out there, only know about Ben. And why do they only know about Ben? Well, my two older children are older, um, and but we've been together for a long time, right. so they were... the, the situation was a little bit different, and so. The... Right, they um, chose to live with their father. Right, and they were of the age that they could make that decision, whereas Ben was a lot younger. Right. So, at seven and eight years old, um, you know, uh, anyway, as it turned out, uh, Ben ended up staying with his mom and, and me. Right. So, he came out and moved with us. And I think that was the best decision ever. Right? Yes. I, I do. Um, you probably don't want to expand on that any. Well, I, I just think I mean, I, I want this exposed. The, I want this to be kind of real. I don't want it to be... The level of attention that he gets here is much better than it would have been otherwise. Correct. The guidance and the yeah teaching and the attention and yeah I mean he has thrived and you know as a 15 year old boy 15 and a half he has two jobs actually that he works right. and he um, is a straight A student except for his honors math class which he's a high B which I can't blame him I mean it's hard in high school and it's an advanced class. It's a, uh, yeah, it's an advanced class. So he does very well, and um, and we uh, have this lovely house on almost four acres of land that we thought would be perfect for raising Ben. Yes. And all of our menagerie of animals <laughs> that we've been through. How did you feel when I came out as transgender? So that was back in Jan- January 2016. I mean, we, you know I struggled. 2015. January 2015. Yeah. yeah. So you know I struggled. Now, how, In what ways did I struggle before I came out to you as transgender? A lot of anxiety around people. Um, a lot of distress about your body shape. Like I used to go clothes shopping for you and bring clothes home for you to try on because you wouldn't go to stores to try on clothes. And if you did, it would <laughs> it would be... <laughs> I would either leave almost crying or we'd just go in the dress, dressing room. She'd come in with me and we and I'd just like hold my rolls of flubber on my belly and just like we'd have... And, and we'd just have a laughing session until we cried. I mean, I just... I. I worked out so hard, and I think that when I hit my 40s, my metabolism just stopped, and I just wasn't happy with my body in the first place. I, I, I didn't like, you know, having, you know, big boobs, and they were they were quite considerably big, but firm and nice, I guess, <laughs> you know, but I wasn't into them. Um... 
at all. Uh, I had long hair. Mm-hmm. And... But you... It drove you crazy because you'd feel like you should wear it down because everyone would tell you how nice it looked when you wore it down, but you couldn't tolerate it because... No. You just didn't... I didn't feel, feel it. right. And not that all transgender people or all men or cis men have to have short hair, but I was of the type of person who always wanted short hair. And every so often I would cut all that hair off and everybody would say, you know, grow your hair back. What did you do? You know, and I just, I just wanted short hair. I didn't want to have to deal with all that. And then when we moved to the Midwest, like, like I came from Las Vegas basically, and it was dry climate. So my hair, my hair is very curly. And so, uh, it, it basically stayed, non-frizzy and non-curly, if that makes sense. But moving out to the Midwest, I mean, I'm sorry, in the Midwest and out here in New England, in the in the humidity, it, it just frizzed right up and curled up, and it was just so thick and unmanageable. And so I just put it in a ponytail. You know, I'd always wear it in a ponytail and wear a baseball cap on top of that. And... I thought, you know, why am I having all this hair and I keep just covering it up in a baseball cap? And I just keep, you know, wearing it in a ponytail. I don't like it, you know. So there were so many signs of, and not just that, oh, this is a huge, huge, huge sign that I, I, I look back on right before I came out was I was watching a lot of Ellen and... I was seeing how she would wear suits and on her show and she had short hair. And so I thought, well, I can do that. You know, I want to wear suits and guy clothes and, you know, and I I guess I can still be a lesbian and do that at this age. Why not? Ellen can do it. So, um, Sandy has been my hairdresser since day one. So... Um, I had her cut my hair and I had her cut my hair shorter and shorter and shorter, <laughs> right? So stressful for me. I know, but you become a pro at it. She still cuts my hair. Um, and I, I, um, started, you know, buying suit, ja- suit jackets that would try to fit me and boy, that would be really hard, especially with the feminine, not feminine body. Well, whatever body I had pre-testosterone I didn't have broad broad shoulders or anything like that so finding clothes to fit even then was 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 hard and I just really 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 didn't like myself and I never knew why and a lot of people know this story but we'll tell it again um why don't you talk about um what you do at your work Oh, well, I'm a psychologist, um, and I'm also one of the LGBT care coordinators at work, and so I do a lot of advocacy in terms of health care for the LGBT community, and I also run a support group for um, transgender and, and LGBT patients. Right, so we talk about her job all the time, which is something that her ex-husband never did. 
And Sandy really liked that about me because I was always I was always engaged in what she was doing at work, and would ask her about work, and we talk about that. And um, and on the other half of that portion, when I was working before I retired, she asked me about my job. So it was it was both ways. But at this time, I was retired, and we were living in New Hampshire, and blah blah blah. But yeah, she was talking about something about you know transgender group this and that and all of a sudden it just clicked to me that I'm transgender and I just we were walking our dogs along the bike path you know down the road and I just turned to her and I stopped and I just said I'm transgender and what did you say I said okay right (laughs) she said okay and, it, and she's a researcher. I mean, she's a psychologist, so she's, like, really good at research. So she immediately got, immediately got on her computer and found a, um, a conference that was being held in Boston in the next, within the next two weeks. Mm-hmm. And she says, and that's about a 40-mile drive from where we live. So she's like, do you want to go? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And so that's how that all started. So, um, yeah, she never faltered. She never wavered. She was just all like, okay, yeah, let's do this. If that's um, who you are, let's let's explore this. And how do you think um, it went when we went to that first conference? Oh, I had never seen you so comfortable and confident around people. So that's how I knew was just seeing you around people you felt comfortable with. Right. And I did. I felt I felt really comfortable. And <laughs> I thought I looked really good um, in my, you know, quote-unquote male clothing. I mean, I, I had a suit that was way too big and shirts that were way too big. But we did the best we can to put stuff together. Um and on a daily basis, I was more like an androgynous look because those were clothes that would fit me better um, at that time um, because obviously I was not on testosterone or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like she saw the light like, and I saw the light. It was like, yeah, this is right. How do you, do you think things have changed in our relationship well, I'm sure a lot, there's a lot of things that have changed. I know this, you know this. But do you want to talk to the folks out there to maybe help them, you know, understand that changes do happen and it's normal and natural and it's all about how you handle it and deal with it. I mean, that's just kind of how I see it right. going. I mean, because, you know, everybody, like, can see us on Facebook or see us on YouTube and think, wow, that's the perfect family, but there's struggles. It's not easy. So, um, how do you think, um, things have changed or how do you think change things have changed with me, uh, or with you? Well, one change is people see us now as a straight couple uh huh. Um, so that takes some getting used to. It's in some situations it's good, but in other situations, it, if 
feels uncomfortable. In some, in some situations, it's safe. Yes. I, you know, but Sandy identifies as a lesbian still, and I, I don't have, I really, my, my identify, I don't know how I identify. I know I'm a trans man. I don't know if that's how you identify. A lesbian is a sexual orientation, so, right? Mm-hmm. So you identify as a cis woman, basically. Yes. yes. But you are a lesbian. Right. I'm a, I'm a, um, transgender man, but I'm not a straight man. It, it, you don't feel like you're straight. I don't feel like I'm a straight man. Um, so it's kind of, I don't like labels. And if anybody has known me for, for any amount of time knows that I don't like to put labels on anything because none of them fit and none of them have ever fit for me. And that's probably another whole podcast we can talk about. (laughs) Um, but um, I forgot where we left off. Oh, about how it, it's affected us. So another thing I've had to get used to is, like, when we go out, you want to hold the door for me and such, which is not something before it would be whoever got there first. Right. But now you feel like you need to look like you're being respectful as a man. And I feel like because of society, because I feel fine if Sandy holds the door open for me. And if I open the door for her, I feel fine. But I feel pressure at if I don't open the door for Sandy, then I will look like a jackass. Basically. So I have to remember in my to head stop. to stop and let you do it. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's pretty... Um, it's, it's pretty crazy because, you know, when we were identifying as this lesbian couple, you know, Sandy, you know, was the more quote-unquote feminine of the two, I would say, even though she's not uber feminine at all. But she did all, does all of the, like, repairs and she builds things and she, you know, all of that kind of stuff that you think the guy would do, Sandy does. And Sandy still does. And I did all housework. I took care of the kid. And I did the gardening and the yard work and the um, cooking. cooking and cleaning and laundry. You know, all the, that kind of stuff. Shopping. Um, and that hasn't changed. You know, Ben, ben is jumping in more. And, and lately so has Sandy because I've been in kind of a funk lately. <laughs> so your transition has added a lot of stress to our lives. Um, we had to come out again to family and friends. My family, your family, and yeah, friends and friends. And acquaintances yep. and co-workers and so forth. Um, there was the whole phase where you were misgendered a lot when we went out and that was incredibly difficult yes. for you. So that was stressful. And that, that first year before I was even gendered properly. Like, I started... I got facial hair at within a month in. Mm-hmm. By three months, I had, like, a beard, and I was still getting misgendered, probably because of my feminine facial features. Um, and so they probably thought I was just a lady with a beard because people don't... They're not out... To, they're not 
out to say, oh, there's a transgender person. Let me um, misgender them. They gender you how they see you. Right. So these people were probably either oblivious to my light beard at the time um, or they just thought I was a woman with a beard and, you know, thought they, do, they were doing the right thing by saying you ladies right. or even that one guy who called us madame, <laughs> madames, plural. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was really hard. So And then the bathroom thing. So whenever we would travel, I would use... We would make sure I had a, we had like a hospital um, bedpan thing and then a Tupperware container. So I would actually put that in the back of the car and pee in the back of the car in that hospital, you know, pee pan and pour it into the Tupperware container and save it or either throw it out the window if I could at the time. Um... So that went on for a while. Everywhere we went, we had to think about... If there was a single occupancy restroom, yeah. yes. So yeah. th that's... It was hard to travel. That was very hard to travel and navigate through all that. Um, but I, I was very lucky that um, my surgeries happened pretty quickly. Um, I had a full hysterectomy and oophrectomy uh, probably about two or three years before, probably two years before I came out as transgender just because of medical reasons. Right. So that was out of the way, thank goodness. <clears throat> but um, top surgery, like I started testosterone in March of 2015 and my top surgery was in August right. of 2015. So that happened fast, thank goodness. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was so happy to get those things off. Ugh. Gosh, um, even though I did have a hematoma develop and there was drama with that, but um, things turned out great uh, with that. So I would say in, in terms of other sources of stress, for me it's been um, the, the process, as the process unfolded, your ideas about things have changed like for example in the beginning you didn't think you'd change your name yeah you didn't right. think you'd consider bottom surgery um right and both of those things either have happened or are going to happen um, right and so i also thought that i would keep a lot of my feminine clothes right and still wear them and, yeah. get, and slowly but surely they've been going and going and going because i've been you know finding myself like where i want to sit in this umbrella you know right where and I your ideas find. about pronouns at first you didn't want us to change pronouns at least at home right um, and then you did and then now you're uncomfortable again at times. Well, I don't want you to call me she at no. all, but uh, the he, him, his from you guys, from you and Ben, is awkward and weird sounding for me. So that's difficult for me. Right. Because I, <laughs> I have to keep trying to remember what what to use. Right. For. So what I what I want them to use is T, 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 Tim, and Tiz. At home. But at home. When we're out. He, him, and his. Right. <laughs> Which is incredibly hard for, yeah. for whatever reason, um, for my old brain. Yeah, so that's not going too um, well right now. 
Um, but they're trying. And your ideas about the types of bottom surgery you want to have have changed also. No, the types. I don't I don't want phalloplasty. I no, never want phalloplasty. But, but the, the vaginectomy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I used to and want to keep the front hole open. Um, but um, uh, to be honest, the front hole has atrophied in my case so so much that anything that's going in the front hole causes bleeding and i have um a history with my mom of having cancer breast cancer i have a history of myself with the pathology of my uh tissue that came off of my chest as having um precancerous precancerous condition condition so my doctors don't feel really safe giving me um, estrogen cream to keep yourself more lubricated down there. So um, I'm just at the point now where it's just something that's there that's not going to be ever used and just close it up. So that has changed. So a lot has changed. Yes. Yes. So... Other things that I've noticed have changed in you is how you um, how you express emotions is different. Right. Um, I mean, you were never really a touchy feely, huggy, cryy no. person. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Um, but now it's even more so. In, right. You get you know in the opposite direction. Yeah. Um, you're not as um, not as soft appearing or um, yeah. behaving. How does that make you feel? Uh, that's probably been the hardest thing for me. I mean, I used to like to, you know, kind of cuddle and hold hands and things like that. And I used to, you know, really enjoy little pet names you would call me. I never called you pet names, Sandy. The, the one I call you is Cinderella, and I called you. I call you that every once in a while. Right, but you used to call me it more. Oh, okay. I, I, that part of you I miss. That, I think... Well, for, you know, I don't know if it's gone forever. So puberty lasts five years. They say, typically. So I'm at three, my three-year mark, three-and-a-half-year mark. Um, so, you know, who knows how that that might change. Yeah. You know. Funny thing is, Ben, ben and I are going through puberty at the same time. Isn't that fun? Same yeah, age. you're about the same age. Yeah. Puberty-wise. I, I would say so, yeah, in a lot of ways. But on top of dealing with that, I have to deal with, you know, being a parent to Ben and not being his best friend, and I'm not trying to be his buddy. So that's something I navigate, and, you know, he wants to learn how to drive, so I'm teaching him how to drive, and also going through puberty myself. I mean, it's not, the, it's not like it's that hard. Like, I don't feel like I'm 15 years old, but... Sometimes just some of just the emotional part, I right. think, might be, you know, different than it was before. 
Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. would agree. Right. So I'm hoping that gets better. I know you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, before we end this, like, the ultimate goal, like, for right now, um, the immediate goal, I'd say, uh, there's some goals going on, okay, let's just put it that way. So, we're working towards what? For me. Your bottom surgery. Right. Another incredibly stressful process. Very incredibly stressful, and it's a metodioplasty with UL, uh, urethral hookup, so I can stand to pee, hopefully. Um, and hopefully that will be done with Dr. Chen. I have a surgery date of August 21st of 2018, and I've been working with my insurance who requires 12 months of um, therapy, therapy, um, you know, psychotherapy, basically, uh, before they'll even consider my case. So uh, we're hoping that, and I've been doing that, so we're hoping that, you know, that date will still um, come to fruition and um, there won't be any, you know, major drama with that because, you know, God, a whole nother podcast right here. I mean, we could do a million. I mean, it's, you know, it, to, to, um, to, um, if you're going to travel for bottom surgery, you know, you have to take time off work. You have to. Long time. Long time off. A month. Yeah. Um, you know, if you want to have your partner come with you, they have to take off a month. Um, to board the dogs. You have to board the dogs. You have to, we have to figure out, you know, who Ben is going to stay with and take care of ben him. Ben has school. And we have to figure out our lodging, you know, and, our, and a car situation in a different state. Um, the plane reservations and if it cancels if everything blows up then you lose all that money or how do you work how do you navigate that so there's a really there's a lot to think about and plus for the fact that a lot of surgeries are done in stages so you not only have to travel that distance for your first stage surgery if there are complications which there are high, high rates of complications um especially with urethral lengthening, you know, you got to go back to your surgeon a lot of times. Or, you know, and then you have to worry about, you know, your second stage surgery or your third stage. So this bottom stage, this bottom surgery is a thing, right? A big deal. It's a big deal. Um... And even though, like, the work thing, I, I have the vacation time I can take, but it's just very stressful to be away from my job for that length of time. So right. I, I have to deal with that and make preparations for right. having things continue so, to go smoothly at work without me being there. Right. And initially, we had the surgery scheduled for July which meant that Ben would stay with me for the full four weeks and Sandy would leave after after two weeks and Ben would fly back with me. Well, since this whole, you know, I need 12 months of continuous therapy came about, that surgery had to be 
put off till August, the end of August, well, Ben will be back in school. So, um, Sandy's going to stay with me for the two weeks that she intended on staying with me for, and I'm at a, I will be at another house called Quest House, uh, where, um, it's a transgender, you know, support, support people, you know, own the place and they will take care of me and take me to my appointments and do this and that and get me to the airport and get me back home when I need to be back home. But, but all this, you know, if it all, you know, flies by the wayside, then we lose just a ton of money. It's just, it's just hard. So, so yeah, so this, this, this podcast went from, yeah, the beginning of our, our relationship to like where we are right now. I think that kind of zoomed by. There's a lot of in-between talk that we can talk about and a lot of other topics we can talk about. So I think we should end it here. What do you think? Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> she's happy to get off because she's, she hates this, but it's better than being on film, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so this is good. So we we both hope you guys and gals and everybody in between, you know, please join our podcast. Please uh, tune in every Sunday evening at some sort of time. Hopefully it'll be around this time. I don't know if you can probably watch um, uh, repeats of this or reruns. So, um, but that's where we're going to be putting out the live uh, or the sort of semi-live semi <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, we're going to say bye. How do you want to say bye? Is that, is that going to be a thing? We'll have to think about it. Good night for now. <laughs> what do you mean good night for now? <laughs> good night, sweetheart. Well, it's time <laughs> to go. Ba -ba -da -ba -boom. <laughs> good night for now. Talk to you next time. <laughs> See you next week. M I C K E Y M O U S E. <laughs> the old timers will understand that one. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.